to it. It's Wilson Phillips. Hold on. From off the uh, Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle soundtrack. Um, yes, one of the uh, later, I think it's later in the movie. Funny scene, of course, where they steal the Meathead's car and that's on their soundtrack. So, uh, yeah, we'll start the day. There you go. You're doing the drums in the background. I know you were doing the drums. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. I'm like, it's, I think I saw that movie in the theater and then went to White Castle after. Or maybe we didn't go to White Castle because life imitating art. We couldn't, fig we couldn't figure it out. We were too stoned to figure it out. It's very possible. We did not actually go. But I did see that in the theaters. Maybe on opening night. Maybe. It's very... It's a big, there's a big deal. Stoner movies coming out when you're like in the uh, in the throes of being a stoner. Uh, we could, you, have, you can't resist it. A small window of well, not really, not for some people. A small window of time there for uh, teenage stoner movies. You know, you got a, a group of people that are, let's say, 17 to 20 something, 22, 23 maybe, and that's your that's your main audience. I mean, you're not getting parents going out to see a stoner flick. Like, if a stoner flick came out now, I'm not going to see it in the theaters. I'd love to. I'd love to run it back. Go see it, but not going to happen. All right. Um, this is one-way conversation. On our way to work, this is the 6th of July. And I did I did like a, I did a show yesterday. It wasn't very good. I spared you that. It was a short one anyway, because I didn't get started till later in the, in the, the drive, so it was a little bit shorter. And I was just, uh, it wasn't very good. So I said, you know what, instead of giving you the half a show that kind of sucked, I'll wait till you give you the full show today, which also, it also might suck just as much. But we'll see. We'll get, we'll get to that. Ah, uh, Fourth of July. How was your Fourth of July? Fireworks and hot dogs. Hope you had a good time. Little beer, a couple beers in there. Uh, let's see. Um, can't help but think about how you know you don't hear enough about the digestive systems of these competitive eaters. I mean, the things they go through. Even the guy that comes in the last place has like 15 hot dogs and 15 hot dogs in him. I have two. My stomach starts, you know, questioning my decisions. Oh, I had three, I guess. I had that red hot. Ooh, that was a good red hot. Uh, Georgia red hot. Highly recommended. It was delicious. But also two hot dogs uh, before it on the fourth. Um, so you know your your stomach is uh, doing some circles, but um, you know you sacrifice for the good of for the good of uh, the flavor of these things. Uh, but these guys, I mean, we need some documented. I mean, you figure it's, it's disgusting watching them eat it, like swallow these things whole, basically. At one point, they had a close-up on uh, on ESPN News, which is what it aired on. Embarrassing. Um, and this guy just had like the water going, and the and he had a beard, and had all the shit in his beard. It was a truly disgusting thing to watch. Joey Chestnut goes out there, wins his fifteenth hot dog eating contest. And I wonder sometimes about where this thing went. Like, it probably started out as just 
I don't know, a couple schmoes in Coney Island. You know, you put a couple plates of hot dogs in front of them and see what they can do. Now you got guys like jumping up and down, you know, two dogs at a time. It's really become a disgusting spectacle. When usually, you know, it would just probably be, you know, Jimbo from down the street. He ate 12 hot dogs. And, uh, you know, he beat Pete from up the block who puked everywhere. So it's like... Now it's actually competitive eating. There's major league eating and shit. It's very weird. They tried. They had their moment. I think um, with the Kobayashi and uh, Joey Chestnut rivalry back at the beginning of the, um, I guess, beginning of the century, right? Middle to early two thousands. And Kobayashi won a few in a row. I just I watched the uh, thirty for thirty. <laughs> on the hot dog eating contest, the good, the bad, and the hungry. And they, they, you know, they do like these eating contests and it would be like, uh, you know, a full turkey, a full Thanksgiving meal. And they'd have, they'd sit down and chow down on it. Uh, I don't know like who dominated these things or if like Joey Chestnut is as good a turkey eater as he is a hot dog eater. I don't know um, quite how that works, but they had a moment where they tried, they're on like Spike TV or something, or FX maybe, something like that, like one of those channels. One of those channels that was trying to find that sweet spot, the 18 to 35 demographic. They throw, they, they felt like throwing a hot dog, a, a eating competition show on there was, uh, was the way to go. Uh, I'm not sure how long that lasted, but I don't. You know, not for nothing, we still see poker. I mean, poker's not as big as it was in the late 90s, early 2000s. But the, the World Series is still on. And uh, we still see, um, I don't know, there's a, there's, a, there's a good amount of poker shows, two or three poker shows that are on. Poker After Dark, whatever, a couple of celebrity poker shows and stuff. So, I mean, it still has a little bit of uh, a pull. But what you don't do is you don't put on the TV uh, late night on a, on a Friday and find Major League Eating at all. You know, maybe you find Cornhole now, where Major League Eating used to be. But, um, yeah, didn't, didn't quite hold on to it. Uh, but, yeah, Joey Chestnut, they made it look easy. It, it wasn't even a competition, really. It was just a Joey Chestnut runaway. And um, watched a 30 for 30 on it. I had forgotten all about how close, like it was like 63, 62, there was one year where Kobayashi like puked at the, at the last dogs were being chowed down and he shoved it back in his mouth and ate the puke. I mean, just filthy. And he came in second. Apparently that's illegal, but um, you know, it is what it is. The announcer, but the, the announcer, George Shea is the announcer, is, uh, he, I guess he does his own writing, and it's it's all over the top, and it is uh, it's everything you'd want it to be for like this half an hour, forty five minutes that you have to you don't have to, but half an hour, forty five minutes that you're locking into this, you know, it makes it worth tuning into. Where he has these ridiculous introductions for all of these. He is the son of Gabriel, you know, like crazy shit. On the fifth day, God created, uh, you know, his stomach or some shit. Like, he's just, he's, he's a lunatic. Kind of a dickhead, though. 
kind of a dickhead. Um, kind of, kind of pushed Kobayashi out of sport a little bit, and I keep calling it a sport uh, for lack of. Um, I was brainwashed, I guess, by watching them. Kobayashi's dad called him uh, a food fighter, and uh, everybody else calls it eating competitions and a sport. And the way they train is crazy. Again, it's a long way from Jimbo and Pete down uh, Jersey, down um, down to Staten Island. You know, having a couple dogs so you could eat more without puking. These guys actually train. They're dipping it in the water. I feel like it takes a little bit of the integrity away from it, dipping in the water and like shoving it down your, your throat, basically swallowing a soggy wad of bread. Like, it's 4th of July. It should be like hot dog and bun. Like, eat it the right way, you know? What do you mind a little mustard? Uh, just to, you know, for the aesthetic. Oh, man, if they had mustard, there'd be this mustard smeared everywhere. Disgusting. So they, they actually tied, Kobayashi and Joey Chestnut tied at one of these things. And they did, they had no... And the guy, George Shea, I guess he's also the commissioner. Not only is he, is he the announcer, he's the commissioner. Um, he, um, he goes in the interview, he's like, man, Major League Eating is prepared for anything. But we weren't prepared for a tie. Well, that's part of fucking any sport. Like, there might be a tie in any sport. You got to figure it out. There's always got to be a tiebreaker. So he decided to, on uh, a whim, to say, all right, five hot dog showdown. And he's brought five out. And Joey Chestnut's like, he turns to him, he's like, we like a five hot dog showdown? He's like, what? You want to eat 10? He's like, no. He's like, fuck, I want to eat 10. So, uh, and I guess it was the, it was supposed to be, you, you eat it, and you, you know, it's cleared or whatever. You got, you got to be a clean mouth. They all these terms come out, right? Your mouth has to be cleared. So, Joey Chestnut shoves the fifth one in his mouth and raises his hands up. And I guess Kobayashi saw this and kind of slowed down. Maybe he had, had a chance, but instead he kind of maybe misunderstood the rules, not being a, a um, fluent English speaker. Maybe they didn't fucking tell him. Maybe, maybe they just told him five, and, you know, it's usually five in, and that's what counts. As long as it's in before the buzzer, not think, not realizing that in this tie-break scenario, you got to finish him completely. So, on top of their 64 hot dogs, they had to eat five. Uh, to clear it, uh, and he kind of George Shea kind of he's like you know what it's not great for the narrative if Kobayashi wins because he's Japanese and this is an American contest and it's the Fourth of July. <laughs> Wait a second, it's a fucking competition. There's no narrative. The winner's the winner. I mean, Kobayashi was a darling. He had won six in a row and everybody loved him. And then Joey Chestnut comes along and there's some racist remarks, not from George Shea but from the crowd. Um, all of a sudden, Kobayashi's feeling a little bit uh, unwelcome. And on top of that, uh, Kobayashi wanted to kind of branch out a little bit on his own and do some things. And they would not, Major League Eating, 
can't believe I'm using these terms, would not call them back, would not let them, would not let them compete if he was going to kind of go out on his own freelance. So there was one year where Kobayashi went, was there at the contest, wearing a free, I forgot to know about this shit, wearing a free Kobe, K-O-B-I, uh, shirt, watching the contest, and then afterwards he goes up to the stage, and the cops handcuffed him, like rough, roughhoused him a little bit, handcuffed him, and arrested him for trespassing. Really bizarre that it, that it happened at all like that. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, the way George Shea was talking about it, it's a little bit, to me, a little bit uh, away from the spirit of competition. So I understand, like, the quote-unquote narrative of it all. But again, like six years before, like Kobayashi was the big thing, and it was, and it, and we love Kobayashi because he had the same name as Kaiser Sose's, I don't know, Consigliere. So you watch, you know, Usual Suspects. There's Kobayashi every time, and now you cannot talk about one without talking about the other, at least in my world. So the fact that he was kind of pushed aside just because you know he wasn't American and because Joey Chestnut was this new American hero <laughs> of hot dog eating um, kind of did him dirty really did but uh, I guess Kobayashi still eats we have to I guess he still eats competitively Joey Chestnut we know does, comes and does his business and uh Guys, on a bike. I mean, just Jesus. Okay. Uh, all right. What do we got here? I don't know. One day it's got to end, right? One day it's got to end for Joey Chestnut. It can't be this easy. I'm waiting for the day that he gets 15 times now. He's won. He's got to get knocked off his pedestal. He needs somebody to come in and do it. I don't know. I don't know how it happens. I don't know if he goes out swinging or if he retires after just winning 20 in a row or something like that. But I, I got to see, like, those competitions where it was 63-63 going down to the wire uh, were incredible. So, yeah, we don't... Uh, Maybe next year's the year that he gets a little competition, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like anybody's up for it. I mean, there's guys that you're watching the numbers go, and the guy was on 10 for like two minutes. You're like, guy, I mean, eat a hot dog. Please. So, all right. That's uh, the other. I watched another 30 for 30. It was the tuck rule. And I got to be honest, Brady, it was Brady and Charles Woodson sat down and watched the game. So it was kind of cool to relive that game because I had not watched that game since the day of that game. So it's been 20 years since I've even watched that game. Um, I remember exactly where I was when I watched it. And uh, remembering it happening. not Obviously not realizing the significance at all of, like, of this kid, Tom Brady, backup quarterback, coming in, playing this game, getting the win. And then going on to win the Super Bowl. Not, not even then realizing it. 
the significance of it. But obviously, Tom Brady, they even said at the end, if Tom Brady loses that fumble, he probably goes into the next season as the backup quarterback for Bledsoe. And who knows? History changes. Who knows how history changes at that point? Um, anything could happen. Maybe Bledsoe, I mean, Bledsoe obviously took him, you know, far enough where they were playoff bound. Um, so, you know, he, he was capable. And then there's Brady who lost the fumble. Basically choked the game away. Basically. And now, and there, here he is, you know. Would he have been the greatest of all time? Would he consider the greatest of all time if he had lost that fumble and never, and didn't go into the next season starting and then had to kind of toil behind Bledsoe for a couple seasons? And, you know, Bledsoe, Bledsoe doesn't go to Dallas, right? And then maybe Bledsoe hangs around for a little bit longer and Brady kind of, Maybe, maybe Brady's Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. <laughs> Janine Garoppolo. Maybe Tom Brady is Janine Garoppolo. <laughs> or Jimmy Garoppolo, even. Who knows? Um, I loved how pissed Charles Woodson was still about it. Brady, however, I got to tell you, man, if Brady ever had to take the stand for me, I don't want him on the stand. No, he was... Uh, he wasn't very good at defending his his points. I feel like in the I, you know he kind of came out there in a couple of wise cracks. He had um, you know he had a little bit of information to go on about the rule. They actually read the rule, both of them out loud, and even still he kind of couldn't. I mean he kept saying it didn't hit my left hand, didn't hit my left hand. As he brought the ball down, and you could clearly see the ball hit his left hand in the video. Like time we watched it ten times, and he played it, he played it over and over and over again, and you could clearly see it hit him. And then another time, they had Thomas holding the ball. I want to start using that first name. So Thomas holding the ball, and Charles was like recreating coming in, and and he's he was right. He said, you know what, he tackled him. A little too soon. If he if he if he waited a, se- a split second later to tackle him, it might be a much different outcome. Maybe still fumbles. Maybe it's just a sack. Maybe he actually does hold on to it. Um. But uh, it's a uh, it's a whole new ball game at that point. So. Um, Anyway, what Brady was saying, it's like Charles Woodson was going after the ball there. Tom Brady said, he said something like, and then you do it there, and it's a fumble. But he meant to say that it was an incomplete pass. So Woodson had him. The instinct is there to call that a fumble. I mean, the rules changed since, right? It's different. The, the, the tuck rule doesn't exist anymore, right? It's, they changed it a few years back. Um, and, uh, you know, we moved on, but... Uh, at the time, man, I mean, it's still a controversial call to me. To me, it still looks like a fumble. It, it really does. He, gra- he touches his hand. It's like It was like he was trying to, but the tackle came. Like He got hit first. Then the ball hit his hand as he was tucking his other hand. And it's a, I, as far as I'm concerned, it's a fumble. But, I mean, uh, it seems, you know. And the, the referee still says it was fumble. Although the referee, Walt, whatever his name, did not go on to, uh, not address the ball hitting his left hand. Anyway, Charles Woodson is still pissed. 
great career. The legendary Charles Woodson. Um, so, yeah, there it is what it is. And what Charles Woodson says, of course, he says they would have won that Super Bowl and they would have repeated the next year if they'd won. The team stays together. He might be a Raider for life if he wins that one and another one. But, I mean, repeating is not easy. So, I don't know what. I don't know. It's hard to. Winning one. You know, this saying he's going to go on to win the next. Th- that one. You know, beating Pittsburgh. Uh, and then going in and beating uh, the Rams. You know, that's, you know, who knows? That's a whole another ball game. But uh, I don't see Rich Gannon as a, a, a repeating Super Bowl winning quarterback. Sorry, Charles. It was a good team. You guys had a good team. But I don't see Rich Gannon winning back-to-back Super Bowls. Doesn't happen like that for the Rich Gannons of the world. All right. Anyway, that's my 30 for 30. My 30 for 30s. For the, and I guess the... the, the those shows, man, just suck you right in. So good. I'm not interested in all of them, but the ones that you do, they hook you. They hook you so good. Oh, that was a good one. Um, basically, what me watching that signified the end of the summer. Fourth of July came in. We had the hot dog eating contest, and then, uh, and then we had the football one. And now I'm ready for, I'm ready for football. Now, I don't get into the the problem with football is I don't get into like the training camps, I don't get into the mini camps, I don't get into uh, the preseason games, I don't get into, I, I kind of get into um, hard knocks, and I'm not like a diehard hard knocks guy, but I do watch it. So you know, if it's on late night on a weekend, on a you know, there's a night you're flipping around, it's there, you're putting it on, and you're you're checking out. I don't even know who's on it this year, but um, it might be the Raiders. I have no idea. I hope it's the Raiders, but I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically signified the end of the summer. So on the football season and the Yanks lost to Pittsburgh to, to the, to the Steelers. See, there you go. The Yanks lost to the Pirates yesterday. So, um, things aren't looking, <laughs> things are, you know, I'm looking for, I'm looking for football now. Although I'm sure the Yanks will go out today, take care of business and take care of business in Pittsburgh overall and get back on the right track. All right, that's going to do it for the show for today. Have a great fucking day. Don't take any shit from anybody. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, no, I can't. I will not talk to you tomorrow. I'll talk to you on Friday here. Um, I got uh, I got something to take care of tomorrow, so I won't be doing the show tomorrow. But um, I'll be here on Friday. I'll talk to you then.